For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll review what may have been the worst 49er loss of the Kyle Shanahan era with none other than our own Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic. He's got a brand new book out chronicling the 49ers since the time that he's been covering them in the early 2000s through the Harbaugh era up through Kyle Shanahan right now. But he's also got a lot of thoughts on what's going on with his 49er offensive line, their rushing attack, their defensive back situation, and of course, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers quarterback carousel. How is this thing going to work out on Sunday? National TV against a division rival in the Los Angeles Rams. It's Wednesday, October 14th. Always great when we can spend a few minutes talking 49er football with Matt Barrows. I don't know how fun it's going to be this time around, Matt. Not a great game on Sunday. Lots of questions about the 49ers, and I guess we'll start with the quarterback position. Just kind of your your takeaway from Sunday, your thoughts on Jimmy G, the ankle, and Kyle Shanahan kind of putting all of the onus for his poor play on the injury itself. How you doing? And your thoughts on Jimmy G, man. Well, I mean, it's interesting because he seemed to be saying two different things. One was that, yeah, if the game had been going a little bit differently, I would have left Jimmy Garoppolo in. We're expecting him to be a little bit better this week, and we're hoping that he plays against the Rams. But then in the next breath, he said that, yeah, I mean, it was obvious his, his ankle injury was affecting his performance. He wasn't throwing the way he normally does. So, you know, this is a guy that threw two interceptions in, in one half. He had a terrible passer rating, one of, one of the worst this century for a 49ers quarterback, which considering some of the quarterbacks that have started this century is, is uh, quite a statement. My takeaway coming out of the game was that uh, there's no way that this team could uh, put Garoppolo back in the lineup, especially against a, a Rams defense that features the best inside pass rusher in the NFL right now, and Aaron Donald. Shanahan seemed to say something very different, though, on uh, on Monday afternoon. So we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, if it's affecting his throws, if the throws are sailing on him because he's not able to drive off of that back foot, that right foot, I don't see how he's going to be any better than C.J. Beathard would be. And you would think that uh, he'd be at grave risk, too, of getting injured uh, given the way that that offensive line is blocking. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm a little bit dubious about uh, Garoppolo playing on Sunday. That seems to be what uh, Shanahan wants. Yeah, I'm with you. And and I guess it, it seems to reason or it makes sense that if he's thought process and I guess it does make sense they're down 30 to 7 at halftime if he says we're gonna have to throw the ball a lot to get back into this game and Jimmy's not able to make the throws we need him to make right now maybe it was a bad evaluation on the health of his ankle and maybe once he got out there he found out you know that the high ankle sprain was just worse than he had initially perceived but the other side of this is C.J. Beathard, a couple of weeks ago, comes into that game against the Eagles, and we think, boy, this does not even look like the same guy we saw two seasons ago in 2018 when he started all those games. Comes in, he's like 7-for-7 seven seven on that first drive, leads him down, scores a touchdown, they run that four-minute offense, and he looks fantastic relevant to what we saw with Nick Mullins. But now Nick Mullins is standing out there in his sweatpants, and I'm just wondering, was one bad game or three bad quarters enough for Nick Mullins to lose the job? Have we just seen the last of him? Because I thought he was pretty impressive through a couple of games. Yeah, and uh, Beathard, to your point, uh, looked a lot like 2018 Beathard against the Dolphins. I mean, and that's a tough situation to be in, given the way that the 49ers were blocking, given just how aggressive the Dolphins were being. And, you know, the Dolphins know that there's not going to be any sort of running game in the second half. They can tee off in the quarterback. But still, it was the same C.J. Beathard who 
in the face of that pass rush, looks like he's taking an extra half second, an extra small beat to process everything. And that's what Nick Mullins is good at. He's good at, you know, going through that process in his head and getting rid of the ball. I keep saying that if you could somehow blend those two guys together, Mullins' quick processing and C.J. Beathard's arm, and C.J. Beathard also has a quick release. Together, they would be the ultimate quarterback, but they have their own individual shortcomings, and both have been on display in the last couple of weeks. So that leads you to a question about, okay, well, what's what's the future like at quarterback? If we've seen these guys and we've seen them, you know, struggle at, at times in difficult circumstances, are they really ever going to be the guy in San Francisco? Should the 49ers be looking at a quarterback, maybe not to supplant Jimmy Garoppolo right away, but somebody who could be the top guy if it ever came down to that. And I'm not sure they have that guy on the roster right now behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I think a lot of 49er fans are are looking at Brian Allen, the defensive back, the cornerback who had to step in and start last weekend and really did not look very good at all. He was maybe unprepared for the spot. I think it's a little unfair to to lump him in with your Bay Area goats of, and I'm talking goats like like Jose Cruz Jr. and and Kyle Williams, not your greatest of all times. I'm talking guys who are scapegoats. Um, I don't know that he's the reason they lost the game. It's certainly the reason it gets out of hand early, but this setback now with Richard Sherman is just another problem now for the 49er secondary, and it's making it much more difficult to get right and to get healthy on the back end of that defense. What are your thoughts here with Richard Sherman and and where this calf injury or this Achilles thing, I don't even know what to make of it right now. Yeah, well, it sounds a lot like what he was dealing with in 2017, where he was sort of nursing along an injury. He knew that it probably was going to wind up uh, with an Achilles uh, tendon tear at some point, and it did in 2017. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but boy, it sounds as if we're walking down the same path as he was back then. So he's not going to play against the Rams. That seems fairly clear. It certainly seems as if Akella Witherspoon is going to be okay enough to to start a game. I can almost guarantee that we're not going to see Brian Allen again in a starting role. You know, Tim Harris, who's a, a draft pick of this team last year, He's on the practice squad. I would imagine if this team ran into the same injury issues as it was having last week, that Harris would be the guy. He's now back from injured reserve and should be able to at least uh, get into games. And and he's somebody that this team is going to want to see at some point this season. All sorts of questions at cornerback, not just this year, but in the spring, because most of these guys are free agents come March. Harris is in the same boat, but he's young. He'd be interesting to at least evaluate this year to make a decision on, okay, is he going to be part of this crew for 2021, which is going to be a big question moving forward. But to answer your question, I think that they'll have enough bodies at least to uh, start this game without somebody like Ken Webster or Brian Allen as the starter at one of those spots. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Just sort of quickly on this, I know Kyle Shanahan kind of put this to rest when he was asked about it in his media session on Monday, but Dante Whitner, former San Francisco 49er, you covered him with the Niners, and he had the comments about Witherspoon calling him soft, saying, if you're going to suit up, you got to be ready to go. You can't just be an emergency situation when your team is that depleted. Now, I know you're covering the team differently this year because of, of the COVID situation. You're not in the locker room. You're maybe not talking to guys as personal of a basis, I guess, one-on-one is what I'm talking about. Is this something that, that can send ripples through a locker room? 
Is that something that that you've had experience where guys get bothered with, or do you think it was just a case of a former player coming down too hard on a on a current player? Yeah, and this has been a theme for Dante Whitner for at least a couple of seasons. I I interviewed him and Rondé Barber and somebody else about Akella Witherspoon. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and I was frankly surprised by how frank and critical the answers were. The theme was that um, here's a guy who's just teeming with all sorts of talent, but really isn't using it to the best of his ability. I mean, Dante Whitner, when I interviewed him, was very frustrated by the way that uh, Witherspoon played. He's got this tremendous size, he's got tremendous speed, but he plays like a smaller cornerback. And Whitner wanted to see basically more physicality out of him, wanted to see more press coverage. He wanted him to to play more like Richard Sherman does. He was very, very um, blunt (laughs) at that point, and uh, obviously he was blunt this week as well. Uh, He's somebody that obviously frustrates Dante Whitner, and, and, and Rondi Barber said similar things. His was more measured his responses. Uh, he said that uh, Witherspoon played like a young cornerback does. But I, I think both guys would want to see more, you know, want to see him use his hands more, this, that, and the other. That's been a common theme with Whitner. I don't know how it's playing out in the 49ers locker room. Shanahan seemed to, like I said, take a, a more measured approach that, yes, they thought that Witherspoon could play when the week of practice began for the Dolphins, but it was clear after Wednesday's practice, that that might not be the case. So they started to make different arrangements because of that. And those arrangements led to them starting Brian Allen as as the cornerback. This is all, you know, the result of just a litany of injuries at one specific spot. Yeah, see, it's tough for us to sit back and make those calls, right? I'm like, boy, if Dante says it, I mean, maybe that's how some guys feel. You know, I haven't been in those locker rooms in that position. I'm not a guy who suits it up for the NFL. I could sit back and say, yeah, Brian Murphy is soft. You know what I mean? I could sit back well, and he say, is. Larry Kruger, Larry yeah. Kruger, the softest well, Kruger, guy I know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's no big deal, dude, calling those guys soft. One more uh, on the offense from you before we let you go, Matt. Kyle Shanahan talking about the run game. He sort of oversimplified it. And I think we all know this is a running offense. And he says, if we're throwing the ball as much as we're throwing it late, we're not going to win as many football games was kind of the gist of it. You think that's an oversimplification or do you think there's a little bit more going on with the offensive line here? Because they are not controlling the line of scrimmage. They're not getting the push that we saw from them against the Giants and against the Jets. And granted, those are worse teams than the front line of the Eagles. But it seems to reason that the Dolphins are a team you should have been able to beat that way. Are they having more problems on the line than they're letting on? Raheem Osher finished with 90 rushing yards on a very you know small number of carries. So the issue was that this team fell behind and really couldn't run the ball very much in the, in the second half, but they were effective. And I thought Raheem Mostert had a great game. I mean, the, the run blocking was not top notch, and Mostert, just like Jerick McKinnon the week before, had to get a lot of his yards after contact, but he was still getting them. That, in combination with Brian Allen falling behind by 14 points early, kind of leads you to, to what happened. But the fact of the matter is that the offensive line has not delivered like you thought it would. I mean, you can come up with all sorts of logical explanations for other lapses on this team. You know, why did they fall behind by 14 points? Well, they don't have any good defensive ends, and they were starting a practice squad cornerback. You can't come up with a very good reason for why the offensive line has struggled. Most of them have been together for a while. One of the newcomers is a seven-time Pro Bowler. 
the right guard, actually, Daniel Brunskill, probably had his best game on Sunday. So it's a continuity. It's a consistency issue. Three of the five sacks were communication errors. That shouldn't be happening with a veteran group that's been together for five games now. I mean, that might have been something you saw in the first couple of games, but it's happening now. So obviously it's something that they've got to kind of get rid of. George Kittle's point was that, hey, we've got seven captains on this team. Four of them are on offense, and two of them are offensive tackles. They've got leadership. They've got talent at these positions. It's basically unacceptable that they're still having these errors. So that seems the most fixable of all the 49ers' ills right now, and it's something that, boy, you know that they're going to kind of zero in on and lean on against the Rams. That's that's basically their one hope. They got to get this run game going. And if they do, then the hope is that there's sort of a domino effect, that the passing game starts to come into play, that they don't have to lean on on the defense, which is not going to be as good as it was last year. So everything rests on this rushing attack, getting its act together. And we're going to find out real soon whether it has or it hasn't. Yeah, it's going to come to a head on Sunday Night Football. No big deal, guys. Just go uh, fix the offensive line and do it against Aaron Donald in his seven and a half sacks. Yeah, Yeah, in prime time on national TV. Can't let you go without uh, a little promotion for you. Matt Barrows with a brand new book just came out this week. If these walls could talk San Francisco 49ers, stories from the Niners sideline, locker room, and press box. It's available wherever you get your books. It looks like it's available Amazon. Uh, You can get it online. Maybe the uh, the Texas School Book Depository, wherever it is that you you go and you get your books, man. Matty, I was coming up with this stuff, these stories. I went into this thinking, oh, you know, the amount of uh, television you, you watch, Matt Barrows, if you just kind of put maybe an hour of your TV time into writing this book, you should be able to get it done, no problem. Well, last year was a very busy year in that this team was going to the Super Bowl, so there was a lot of demand for 49ers material. So I had to do that while this team was marching to the Super Bowl. So that was a difficult balance. But I'm happy with how it came out, and uh, it's available today. All sorts of yarns from the, the Harbaugh era and, and the modern era about uh, various coaches, about players. I got to the bottom of why Richard Sherman hated Michael Crabtree as much as he did and why he exploded on Crabtree at the end of that Seahawks game. So that was a uh, kind of a, a rich well to tap. You know, there are all sorts of things like that. I think uh, 49ers fans will kind of enjoy the stroll down memory lane. Fantastic stuff, dude. I'd imagine a lot of the reasons that uh, Richard Sherman hates Crabtree are some of the reasons Akib Talib hates Michael Crabtree, too. I'd imagine. Yes. I, some I of that think, on-field I stuff I think there's is a the theme same. there. <laughs> not, not a very popular guy among the DBs, no, but no. It, it all goes back to a, a meeting in Arizona that preceded that 2013 season. I won't spoil it, but... Uh, it can be traced to one event that uh, uh, happened in the offseason that year. Nice little tease there. If these walls could talk, San Francisco 49ers. Stories from the sideline, locker room, and press box. Matt Barrows, you can read them here in The Athletic. Thanks again so much, man. We'll check you out this weekend covering the Niners and the Rams. Thanks so much, Matt. All right, anytime. Talk to you soon. Always informative, fun, and exciting stuff with Matt Barrows. Make sure also, if you're enjoying him on the podcast, you check out the Here's the Catch podcast covering the 49ers. You can hear him, David Lombardi, who you've also heard here, and Dennis Brown, who you've heard with me talking 49ers football. They do a great job with the Here's the Catch podcast after 49er football games. Niners with a big one this weekend, Sunday night against the Rams. And we'll talk some Rams football on Friday, getting you ready for everything in week six, 49ers and the Rams. We also, in the coming weeks, we've got 
going to talk a little more about the Las Vegas Raiders who knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium last Sunday. A huge victory for the Las Vegas Raiders. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash update to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We enjoy bringing you the best stories every week in Bay Area sports. Thank you to Brian, thank you to Matt, and thank you to you, the listener. We really do appreciate you joining us each week. Let's hope the 49ers can figure out the quarterback situation and maybe get a little bit more healthy before Sunday. But until then, we'll talk a little Rams football with you guys on Friday. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you then.